What's up, Joe? What's up, Shmuley? Good morning. Hey, David. What's up, Mayor? What's up, Aton? What's up, Dallas? All the back. David, you fishing now? Fishing for mitzvahs. Sadik. What's up, guys? What's up, Joe? What's up, Joe? <clears throat> What's up, Dallas? Why is nobody else visible right now? I can't tell you. Oh, there he is. All right, if we're not going to have a share, at least we're going to discuss what's going on in this box right now. <clears throat> in this box, you have... One second while I disconnect my computer. Okay, Joe, you're not needed anymore. Robert Sternberg's here. Thank you. You're the All best. Right. Oh, wait, no, the box. Uh-oh, what? what's happening? Oh. He's doing some grows. Are you drying meat? Hi, David. How are you? Good morning. That's Good excellent. Morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Rabbi Sternberg. Good morning, Shmuley. How are you? I didn't know I was so uh, international. Baruch Hashem. Fantastic. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. Um... That is, this is a, uh, what should I, it's a bit of a tease, getting to see everybody and not having any time to really uh, touch base, but uh, please take up advantage and we'll do it, you know, at other opportunities. So, Mitz Hashem, uh, will be a great thing to be able to touch base. Okay, so we have Pelio 8s on our agenda, and uh, we're going to deal with an old friend. We're going to deal with an old friend today. So the piece discusses the concept of the Yetzer, a drive in a person. And we understand that what? That Hashem gave us two Yetzerim, two drives within us, a Yetzer Toh and a Yetzer Harat. 
And obviously both of them are absolutely critical for our for success. It's like I uh, once heard the idea of you have an eight cylinder engine and only four of them are working, it's not gonna be such a good ride. You need all eight cylinders to work to get a good ride out of it. So if Hashem gave us a Yetzir Tov and a Yetzir that means we have to we have to grab onto both of them. We have to you know, harness them and to take us where we want to go. We just don't want to work with the Yetzir Tov. We want to work with our Yetzir Hara as well. We have, to, we have to rein it in and use it properly. It's a drive. And if you use the drive properly, it's like, you know, if you have water power, you have the river just running wild, so it's just wasted energy. If you harness it and you make a dam out of it and you make hydraulic force, you can, make, you can do amazing things with it. So let's start the piece. What page? What what page? Oh, what page is it in? Well, uh, people might have different um, paleoites. It's under Yetzer. On me, it's page Reshai and Gimel. But uh, there are different prints, so I don't know. It's not necessarily the same. Um, Right. It's under Yetzer. Yud Sadi Resh. So it says, Kol Adem Yesh Lo Shnei Yetzarim. Every human being, in other words, Malochim, have only one Yetzer, they have a Yetzer Hato, right? And Bahamas only have one Yetzer also. But human beings have two Shnei Yetzerim, Yetzer Hato and Yetzer Hara. Ramar Abosein is a Chon of Rochen, Chazal tell us in Gemara and Brochas, Rishoyim, Yetzer Hara Shoftun. In other words, what is the dominant drive within someone who's a Russia? Is Yetzer Hara, he, get, he, get, he, he let that be the dominant drive within him. And by Tzadikim, Yetzer Tov Shoftam. It means that the, the tzaddik was able to bring his Yetzer Tov to hold down the Yetzer and to use it to, in, in its place. So it depends what the dominant drive within a person. And Beinonim, people who are in the middle, Zevesha Shoftam. In other words, it's, it's a bumpy ride. We have successes, we have uh, some downfalls. But Saloma, what does this mean? He tells us. Shat Tzadik Bedavar, a tzaddik in a, in a specific situation. Shohurgul bar kfar, uh, a person puts on tefillin. He had a difficulty putting on tefillin. So he, he, he was able to overcome it and to uh, become accustomed to putting on tefillin. So his Yetzir Tov is the one that's the dominant now. In other words, it's not going to be anymore the possibility that the Yetzir is going to try to uh, take it away from him. Shohurgul bar kfar, Yetzir Tov Moshel Bo. That's the driving force within him. He has no intention not to do that anymore. Kosher, whatever, Shabbos, whatever issue it might be, the person took it on and he was successful in it. So at some point, his Yetzir Tov now is the driving force and uh, the Yetzir is is being overwhelmed by it. Now, again, there's a very, very famous uh, idea that Rabbi Desla brings down, that he mentions everybody's on a sliding scale. In other words, the way the way he tries to describe it is he de- he describes it by uh, using the metaphor of a of a when you have, when you're in, when two armies are fighting each other there's the front line and that that's where the battle is taking place there are things behind the front line and things behind the front line meaning he wants to say that that's our in our lives as well uh, there are certain things which are given by us it's like he's pointing out over here. Uh, there's never going to be a question I'm putting on film. There's never going to be a question I'm not going to eat kosher. Things like that. Things where I already have become so into so that th- there's no there's no front line. There's no battle on that anymore. And there are things which are way above me, which I haven't yet reached. Let's say a person's not, uh, but I'm not talking Lashon at all or, or things to that matter. Or on Shabbos, he'll, he'll talk about other topics and not just Divrei Torah on Shabbos. There are certain things which are so beyond him that he hasn't even, it's not even in his, on, on the radar with him yet. And then there are things where he, where, where the front line is, where there's a battle. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. And th- that's the way it works. And w- the more successes we make, so then the front line moves further up. And if we have certain downfalls, so then the front line moves further back. And that's the way we are in our lives. That's why it points out that the Navi brings down that we're mahalchim bein ha'omdin. These human beings are always, they're, they're moving. You know, sometimes you're going up, up a down escalator and sometimes you're going up the escalator. You know, it all depends how, where you're holding. Whereas Malachim, they, they're called Omdim. They don't have this tension of Yetzir Tov and Yetzir So therefore, they, they're, they're in their stationary position. They, they're not moving. 
But we as Jews, and we who are being dealt with our Yetzir Tov and our Yetzir Hara, we're always moving up and down, depending on our successes and our disappointments. So this is what he's mentioning over here. So a tzaddik is someone who has become so entrenched in doing the mitzvah, so there is Yetzir Tov has now control over it. Or a shoyim, but uh, the opposite people who are shoyim, kivin sha'avru averus v'hurgulabahem, people who have done averus and they become so accustomed to doing it, nasalem keheter, they don't look at it anymore as, as something wrong. Because uh, I'm not pointing out to you before, because people don't like to feel guilty after a while. They don't want to walk around feeling that way. So then they rationalize and they justify it. They, they don't think about it even. So it became heter by them. They don't make the effort because they feel, I guess, at some point they just became so disappointed that they kept trying and not being successful. So, you know, the, the front line was just so, so overbearing to them. It wore them down that they just, you know, they put up the white flag and gave up. They don't stop. And the neshama doesn't want to do good anymore. Because he says, Kiderach ish ksil, a foolish person, Yashabeinam, he thinks he's doing correct. He, he, you reach a point where that you don't think, see anything wrong in what you're doing. And the problem with that is that, as we're pointing out the front line, the person keeps losing certain battles, so then the front line keeps moving down and down and down. And then the bar becomes, goes lower and lower. So then it's not like it stays in one point. So then the person who years ago might have never dreamt of, of not doing certain things, all of a sudden he's being challenged with it. Why is that? Because we're moving down, like we say in Pirkei Avos, Avera, Gorera, Once you're giving the room for the Yitzhahara to take hold on you, he's not going to stop where he is. He's constantly looking to make the kill. And we have to realize that. And it comes to a point where he's even needing it. He, he, he's looking forward to doing the Avera, chas v'shalom. Because like he pointed, it's not an Avera by him. It's not that he wants to do Averas. He doesn't look at it as an Avera anymore. So those are the two extremes. Those are the two extremes. Someone who has completely taken control over his Yetzirah, and the Yetzirah now, he uses that to do mitzvahs, and the contrary, someone who was overwhelmed by his Yetzirah. Uh, well, but we're discussing over here where most of us are, not all of us, we're Benunim. We're somewhere in the middle. We have periods of success. We have periods of disappointment. It hurts a person. A, per, a person doesn't enjoy it. Um, I once heard a story that um, someone came to the altar of Slobodka when he was head of the yeshiva Absolutely in Europe, and they came to him, and the, the Majgir told the parents, he says, listen, he says, I can't promise you that your son is going to uh, become a, ta- a Lamdan. I can't promise you that. He says, I can't promise you that he'll never do an Avera after he leaves. I can't promise you that. He says, one thing I can promise you, he won't enjoy doing the Avera. After he leaves this yeshiva, if he does Averas, he won't enjoy them. And this is the idea over here. I think he's saying, Benonim, that even if they have moments of weakness and they do the Aveira, they don't enjoy it. It hurts him. But what happened? He became overwhelmed. It was just some, it was just overbearing for the person. That's what the Yisara does. He tries to make things so overbearing for you that you, you just give, you have a momentary moment of weakness. But afterwards, like we'll see, until to the point where he pushes you to go against what you would really want to do, Baldas Kono, and to go against the Torah. But, as we'll point out later, but after that happens, the person re- uh, looks back and he's, he's not happy with what he did. With people like this, Amru Chazal tell us in the Gemara and Brachos, Yargis Adim A person should try to whenever he's having this moment of temptation, he should try to harness his Yetzir Tov to push down on his Yetzir Tov. what does that mean? Start trying to remove, you know, the Yetzir is getting you to focus in on one thing. What you have to try to do is, he's saying, is try to bring in other ideas at that moment. Don't just focus in on that. 
try to bring in things which will help you out. If you if you if you're seeing that your enemy is coming to attack, try and think up ways that you'd be able to get out of that. Like he says over here, Tainos Maspikos, come up with reasons why you shouldn't go through with this. There are many, many reasons why you can come up not to do it. Just think of arguments to counter them, right? Jews are good lawyers. Come up with an idea why you shouldn't do that. Because by nature, a person would be running to mitzvahs. And when he sees an Avera, that's a red flag and he knows to stay away. If this is, if that is sufficient for him to over, to hold down that moment of weakness from the Yetzirah, just think of something. You know, as I said, you know, think, think of the picture that you have of you by the cell. Think of the picture that you have when you're learning. Think of the letter that you wrote of who you want to be and what you're looking to do. All those things will act as, as counted, count, you know, counter, to counteract the Yetzirah. Because you, you, you have to point out to him, look what you're trying to take away from me. You're trying to rob me of what I have. If Chas Shalom, somebody was, was trying to kidnap your child, you, 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 you would do everything and anything to kill that person, not to let them do that. So a person has to realize if the Yetzirah is trying to, to, to overwhelm me, he's trying to kidnap me. He's trying to take me away from being me. So I have to be prepared to, to fight back with all my efforts, whatever I can do, not just to sit there and lie down, person can't just just be you know so complacent about it i have to appreciate that he's, he's, he's stealing me from me so if, if that works that's fine beam love if that's not sufficient to be overwhelmed it must be he can't come up with enough counter arguments says to be able to hold him back may i love then yasuk batara what does that mean he wants to tell us the Sifrei Musr. In other words, um, obviously the person has enough, uh, what would I say, cl- cl- clarity of mind to realize that something's going on in his mind. And therefore, what should he start doing? He should open up a Sefer. Again, if you don't want to open up a Sefer, then turn on a, um, you know, like you have on Torah anytime, a two-minute Sicha on Chizuk, things like that. We, we have so much availability today they had very little availability. We have everything and anything. You know, you have partners. I have many, many tell me that they, you know, they have, they go around taking pictures of them, putting on tefillin and they send it around each. There's so many different things in order to be able to uh, counteract our Yetzirah. So that's the idea over here. Should, should learn some Sifri Musa, meaning listen to, listen to a, a two minute, uh, you know, idea to give you chizik, et cetera. But kashayitin, I'll call up a friend. Call up a friend, let him give you chizuk. And when he, what, so since he wants to now to connect to Torah, or listen to it, to follow through. So Musr has the ability to penetrate. In other words, the Yetzirah is just a paper tiger. It's set up there. Again, this is a very important idea. Um, when Yaakov Avinu wrestled with Asa's uh, Malach, Esus Malach is the Yetzirah. So again, if one would think, this, I think Rev Ruderman brought this down. If one would, uh, you know, take bets on who's going to win a wrestling match between a Malach and a human being, obviously um, most most would bet with the Malach. In other words, what what what's the where's the fight even? Where's the challenge? So we see from over here, Rabbi Ruderman pointed out, is that the Yetzirah is only there to put up a fight with you. He can only push you as much as you let him push you. If you push back and you show your determination to stand your ground, then he has to give up. He is not programmed to, to push you down. He can't do that. He can, he's going to look for cracks. And if there are cracks, he'll be able to penetrate. But if you stand your ground as firm as you can and not give him any movement, then he cannot overwhelm you. That is, that is the guarantee. That's what we learned from the match between Yaakov and the Esau's Malach. That Yaakov was able to overcome it because Yaakov stood, stood so strong in his connection to Hashem that he gave no room for the Malach to be able to, um, to hit him. The Malach was looking for a, for a weak crack. He was looking for some crack in the foundation. Because even if you have an enormous building, you build up so many things, but if there's a crack there then the chas the whole building can collapse if there's a crack. 
just need hit, just need to hit the right point, then the whole thing can come right down. We have to try to <coughs> remedy those cracks, not to allow that there should be any chas v'shalom weak weak links in us. So this is what he's telling us over. Musr has the ability to penetrate. The meyetzar evinhu. So if the yetzar is coming out firm as a rock, it'll punk, it'll take it right down. In barzal mitpotetzel, crack open. In nitzcho, so then the gemara continues. In nitzcho mutav. If that works, then that's great. In lab, if that doesn't work, meaning shagovra ma'ol taivas avera. For some reason, this avera is so embedded in the person. And he, it's it's burning within him, because again the Yitzhahara is not going to give up if he sees that there's any room to do this. He realizes what he can come away with. So if the, if the Yitzhahara is trying to overwhelm the person, you cannot hold him down to stay away. And the then the Gemara brings down. Then the next thing we need to do is Kriyat Shema. Now what does Kriyat Shema represent? He brings down over here. Well, Bain of Yira, he'll he'll see with his own two eyes the person over here. We say, A person is obligated to, to give his life, right? Like uh, in the Gemara Brochos, where the Talmidim is Rabbi Kiva. How far you go, when the Romans were executing Rabbi Kiva, how, 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 how far are you going, Rabbi Akiva? So he said, What do you mean? In my whole life I've been saying that I'm prepared to give my life for a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and now I have that opportunity. It's like they want to bring down, you know, when you're signing checks. So now I have to make good on that check. I I I, I promised Hashem that I'm prepared to 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 give kid to to give my life al Kiddush Hashem. So now I want to make sure that that that's that that check is 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 valid and not just a, a you know a forged check. It's real. So if a person is is obligated to see that, that he is prepared to give his life, if a person is so prepared to, to give his physical life, then how much more so, you should certainly be able to overwhelm your Yetzirah, Put him down because he's trying. He's, that's exactly what you're doing. You're giving. You're you're being prepared to give up this taiva leman Hashem. It's like uh, there's a very famous idea in um, uh, by the Beis Halevi. It mentions in the Aseres Adibros those sachmot. A person shouldn't be envious of someone else. And the uh, Beis Halevi asked the question. He said, "How can the Torah dictate?" on emotions. In other words, the Torah can dictate on actions, not to do something, or yes, to do something, but to tell me how I feel, how, that's a personal thing. It, it's almost, how do you control feelings like that? Right, in other words, the Torah can tell me, well, don't act out that jealousy in any way, but not to have feelings of envy. How does the Torah have the right to legislate such a thing? So he gives a, a very interesting metaphor. The metaphor is, he says, let's say a person is um, sees on the other, on the other end of a frozen lake an enormous uh, amount of money, so he starts running across the lake to to get that money. Then all of a sudden he starts hearing cracks in the ice, and all of a sudden the person now is no longer focused on the money, but rather he's focused on what well, I'm trying to save his life now because he feels if if that ice cracks he's going under. He's not he's not going to be there anymore. So he says that this is the idea. What a person has to do is there are there are certain priorities that a person has. In other words, even if a person has such interests and certain desires, but his most his foremost desire is his life. That's his number one priority. And if he sees that something is going to challenge his life, then he's going to put down all those other desires. Uh, they're secondary. So he's saying that's the same thing over there. The Torah wants you to have your Yerushamayim, your, your fear of Hashem, your awe of the Creator should be so intense in you that if Hashem says not to be envious, then that's going to overwhelm the, the drive of envy. Just like we saw over there that the drive for the money was able to be superimposed by the, the drive to save my life. Though so too, in general, I, I see that I can, I can maneuver exactly my feelings. It's not out of my control. I just don't have random thoughts. I, I, have, I have the ability to control my thoughts. And this is the idea he wants to point out over here also. If I see that 
the Yetzirah is overwhelming me, then realize that I'm, I have Laman Kiddush Hashem, I have to be able to override, override it. Then the Gemara continues and it says, in Nitzcho, if that's sufficient to hold down the drive, Mutav, good. Vim lav, if not, then shkoshev echtev ashuv. The person's going to live with a certain mindset. You know what? Let me sin now, but I'll do tshuva later. Vod chosen lamoid. I have time. I have time. I have time. I'm 20 years old. I'm 30 years old. 35, 40, whatever. I still have, it's a shem I have till um, 100, 120, whatever. I have time yet. I can do tshuva. Let me experience the Avera now. Let me enjoy my youth. And I'll do tshuva when I get older. So let me just point something out in, in the meantime, then we'll get to his answer over how the Gemara answers it. But there's a very famous statement that the um, Chaim Velozhin brings down. It's in Pirkei Yobos. It says, the Mishnah Pirkei Avo says that if a person wants to maintain this approach in life, that uh, I'll, 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 I'll do what I want when I'm young and I'll do tshuva later on. So the Mishnah says that Hashem won't give you the opportunity to do tshuva in the end. And the, and the Reb Chaim Velozhin says, what's that based on? He says like this. He said that you're using the ability of tshuva to, to license your sinning now. You're saying, you're excusing yourself to doing Averis now because I'll do tshuva later on in my life. So the, 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 the thought of doing tshuva is, is enabling you to, to sin. Hashem is going to take that away from you. Hashem doesn't want you to use anything that you have not to be able to come to, to, to keep Torah. And if tshuva is being used now as an excuse to do Averis, then the Mishnah tells I'll take, Hashem will take that away from you. Anytime there's something there that is pushing you to do Averis, Hashem will take that away from you. Because Hashem doesn't want you to do Averis. So he's saying the same thing. So now the uh, Pelayos bring down, according to the Gemara, that if a person thinks that, what, I'll, I'll have time, then he says, what should you do then to counterbalance that? A person has to realize that I'm not here forever. I'm not here forever. No one has a contract to 120. Unfortunately, when you open up the obituary section, not everybody uh, was reached the age of 120. Right below that, it's going for him. It uh, it can come early. Here we go. Because he's basically saying this idea now. If a person says, "I'll just sin, and then I'll do tshuva later," I must speak and be on Olasos tshuva. So Hashem won't give you that opportunity. Meaning Hashem will take it away from you in not such a good way. And this will definitely um, be successful. If this, is, this last resort will definitely do the trick, the Gemara says. So Rabbi Miller used to point out, we have a minute or two, I'll just finish this paragraph here, continue tomorrow, hopefully. Um, Rabbi Miller used to say that if we see, let's say there are five, remember how many, there are five options over here, going from one to five. So he says, well, if we see that number five is a sure winner, then why, doesn't the, why does the Gemara just give you these other options over here? Go for number five straight away and you're, you're going to win. Just keep thinking about the day of death and that will definitely um, do the trick. Why not? So the metaphor he used to give is, he said, they're all, if a person has a certain illness, the doctors will first give you a certain prescription. If that doesn't work, They'll um, they'll give you a more you know a heavier prescription, a different dosage, or a different medicine. Constantly says, well, why don't the doctors just give you the, you know the most uh, the heaviest dosages or the most uh, heavy medicine out there to begin with? So the answer is, is what? Because when the the more you take serious medicine, there are always side effects. In other words, with the with the with the weaker medicines, there are less side effects. And with the more heavier medicines, there are much more serious side effects. So doctors were, are much hes- are very hesitant to, to recommend taking these heavy medicines at the outset if we can suffice with the weaker medicines to, take, to remove the problem because then the, the complications will be much less problematic. So you say, he said the same thing over here when it comes to these ideas. 
a person thinking about the day of death, that will certainly cure you from your Yetzirahara, but it's going to have terrible, terrible side effects if, if a person does that long term. It can bring on depression and paralysis and the person himself, not physical, but emotional paralysis and even, you know, a, a physical paralysis. We don't want to use that. If, if, if It's like, you know, a person is hemorrhaging, so you have to take, put on a tourniquet to save the person's life. But you don't want to do that because if you put on a tourniquet, then <laughs> you're going to lose the limb. Because the, limb, the, the, blood, the blood circulation is going to be cut off from that limb. That limb is going to be amputated. So you save the life, which you needed to do, but the cost was, was a very high one. But again, in comparison to one's life, that's what you do. So he's saying that's the same thing over here. The Gemara gives us different options on, on, on what we should do to try to rein in our Yetzirah, to let, him, let it not be the dominant force within me. We always try to use things which are not as heavy because the heavier they are, then the, the problematic side effects can become very serious. Bezrat Hashem, we should all be matzliach in our, in our, in our uh, battle, uh, as this is, this is the, the fight that Hashem wants us to use. And, he want, and in the end, it's Hashem, the Yetzirah becomes your friend. That's what, that's what the Gemara brings down. And if you're successful, then the Yetzirah becomes your friend in the end. But we're not done yet. Mitzvah Hashem will continue with the peace tomorrow, Bezrat Hashem. Any questions? Okay. I guess we're all good then. Have an, have an amazing day, gentlemen. And Mitzvah Hashem will pick Thanks, up. Thanks, Rabbi. Pleasure. Okay, have a Shalom, great day. Rabbi. Have a great Pleasure. day. Thank you, you too. All the best. All the best, boys.